Dhruva Maharaj is exhibiting the humble and pure heart of a great Vaishnava. He attained the ultimate perfection of the direct darshan of the Supreme Lord. He was cleansed of all of his material attachments, misconceptions, given promotion to Vaikuntha, also given the most incredible type of devotional service to rule the earth for 36,000 years, perfect health, youthfulness. But instead of being overjoyed by all the benedictions he's received, he's feeling ashamed because in his pure state, he's thinking how he inconvenienced his spiritual master and how he inconvenienced Krishna. Material consciousness means janasya moho yamahammameti, that I am this body. Those things in relation to the body are mine. Material consciousness is that of selfishness, where we consider our own interests to be most important. In the conditioned state, within the material world, every jivatma is thinking in this way. Save and accept the great Paramhamsa Vaishnavas. From the insignificant insect, even the bacterias, they may not have much of an elevated state of consciousness, but they're simply somehow or other surviving automatically just to sustain itself. They may not be intellectually discriminating what I want, what I don't want. They just automatically just exist in such a way to sustain one's own existence, to find some happiness through that process. The insects, the reptiles, the fish, even the vegetation, what to speak of the animals and human civilization. Everyone is obsessed with this contamination that I am the center of the universe. My sustenance, my happiness is the most important thing in life. And we are happy when we find fulfillment in these things and we are unhappy when we do not. Gita describes that for a devotee and a non-devotee, their perception of reality is opposite. What is day for a devotee is night for a conditioned soul. And what is night for a devotee is day for a conditioned soul. Because materialistic people are always thinking in terms of I and mine. And a devotee is always thinking in terms of what will satisfy Krishna. From our self being the center, we put Krishna in the center. The fact that everyone is thinking myself the center is the root cause of all the disunity, hatred, envy, wars that is taking place. Essentially, the reason this world is dukalayam, ashashvatam, the reason it's so miserable is because of this false ego, which is a plague, it's an epidemic that is widespread everywhere. So Dhruva Maharaj 
He has just received spiritual and material benedictions that are unparalleled. But because in his purified state of consciousness, he's thinking, Yasya Prasada Bhagavat Prasada. If I please Guru, I please Krishna. He's thinking that I didn't really satisfy my Guru or Krishna. Narada Muni told me when I first came to the forest that you should not take so seriously the insults that your stepmother has inflicted upon you. It's all temporary. Just go home. But because his motive, his motive was actually so angry, so defiant, so full of a desire for revenge against his brother and his stepmother, that he frankly admitted to Narada Muni, I cannot listen to your instructions. They may be good for a Brahmin, but I'm a Kshatriya. I cannot tolerate this injustice that has been inflicted upon me. So Narada Muni, actually he was testing Dhruva. He gave him mantra, and he gave him the path of perfection, and Dhruva Maharaj with such determination followed it and attained perfection. But still, Dhruva Maharaj is seeing the bad in himself. He's not saying, Narada actually just tested me, but now I've attained the perfection of life, so everything's all right. That's actually the way we have to see it. If we think the same way about Dhruva, the way he's thinking of himself, then we will go to hell for Aparada of a Vaishnava. Such a mystery is being revealed here in Bhagavatam. How a Vaishnava thinks in a purified state. He's just seeing the defects in himself. He's not seeing his greatness. He could be speaking to the Lord so many wonderful things about himself. We speak wonderful things about ourselves. But what are we compared to Dhruva Maharaj? Have we attained rulership over the entire earth? 36,000 years without aging one day? We that materially blessed? Have we attained in the future... Rulership over Vaikuntha planet, Juvaloka? Have we seen the Lord face to face? Empowered by Him? Blessed by Him? Speaking to Him directly? We would be very happy to tell everybody about our glories. But Dhruva Maharaj is not speaking these things. He's only speaking, what a rascal fool, selfish person I am that my Guru Maharaj so mercifully gave me an instruction and I could not follow it. He's seeing the defect in himself and he's presenting himself with such humility. This is actual humility. He's not just pretending. He's blaming himself that he did not really satisfy his spiritual master. He didn't really surrender. So this is the way all of our great Acharyas have prayed. If we read the poems of Śrīla Prabhupāda, Bhakti Siddhānta Saraswati Thakur, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, if we read the prayers of Vishwanath Chakravarti Baladev, if we read the prayers of Rupan Sanatan, Raghunathas, Krishnadas Kaviraj, we will find consistently that they never praise themselves. They're always eager to praise other Vaishnavas, and even in their most advanced state of self-realization, they're always looking for some fault in themselves and praying, Krishna, give me shelter.
I'm desperate, I'm helpless, I need you. Impersonalists, they declare themselves to be God. And materialistic people, without necessarily calling themselves God, they want the praise and the glory of God in whatever small way they can get it. But a devotee is not interested in any of these things. You see, if Dhruva Maharaj was not perfectly satisfied in finding the ultimate pleasure in praising Krishna, he would not be able to speak the way he is about himself in a pure self-realized platform of consciousness. As a devotee understands Krishna, a devotee sees his own insignificance in comparison and therefore can never praise himself. Who am I to Krishna? When we stand before the almighty supreme personality of Godhead who has all opulences in full, when we're conscious of him, Krishna conscious, then why would we praise ourselves? So for those of us who actually want real self-realization, we have to take this attitude of Dhruva Maharaj very seriously. Although a pure soul, one time in his life he wanted that material benefit, and he just keeps reminding himself of that. Dhruva Maharaj is spoken of in Srimad Bhagavatam because of this quality. He's actually surrendered to Krishna. He has surrendered his ego to Krishna. In essence, that is what the bottom line of surrender is. We may give wealth, we may give our intelligence, we may give our physical energies, but to give our ego to Krishna, to renounce it, that is real surrender. That is trinada pisunichena, tarora pisahishnana, amanina manadena kirtaniya sadahari. When we truly make the offering of our false ego to Krishna, Krishna, I am yours. The conditioned soul wants a high position, but a devotee wants a low position. In order to please the Lord and serve the Lord, we may be put in a high position, but it's never what we want. If you want it, you're in a fallen state. You simply want to serve. Simply want to please Krishna. Simply happy to think about your own shortcomings and beg Krishna for mercy with that consciousness. Then you are a Vaishnava in the true sense. You were listening to Radhanath Swami on the Sacred Connect dot com